Let me uh, let me start by asking a question here this, this morning. And if you're watching at home, as I know several people are, if you're watching at home, uh, go ahead and comment if you got uh, can, can answer this question. Uh, who is the most famous person that you've ever met? Or, or not, not necessarily met, maybe you've seen them, saw them in an airport or something. Has, have any of you um, met someone famous or seen someone famous in, in person? Ooh, a Viking person with a Super Bowl ring. Just don't know who it was. All right. Can anyone top that? Anyone else? Famous people? George Bush? Okay. The W or HW? Okay. Anyone else? Okay, there is an Emma Stone, I think. That movie, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. So if, if you're at home and you, you can answer that, go ahead and, and uh, comment online just to see if we get, get an idea. I've seen... Uh, I, I've seen three that, that I know of famous people. I, I one time, uh, Reed and I flew, and I think the boys were with us. In fact, I know they were younger. We flew uh, on a flight from Chicago back to Kansas City with Bubba Smith. Now, you, you guys know who that is? Yeah, you don't know who Bubba Smith. Bubba Smith was a football player, and a lot of people know him more for his, uh, was it Bud Light commercials or Michelob Light, some, some uh, uh, beer commercial, but but wrote the same plane with Bubba Smith. In the El, uh, El, El Paso airport, I saw Sherman Hensley. Do you guys know who that is? I bet your mom doesn't even know who that is. So, yeah. Anyone know who Sherman Hensley is? All the old people here? Yeah. All this old people. He's the guy from the Jeffersons. Uh, uh, played, uh, I don't can't remember what his character's name, but he was from the Jeffersons. And one time I was in St. Luke's Hospital, and Charlie Liebrandt and his wife walked by. Do you guys know who Charlie Liebrandt is? <laughs> Striking. Yeah, Charlie, anyone Charlie Liebrandt? Someone say I know. Don in the back. Donnie. Left-handed pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, Charlie Liebrandt. He and his pregnant wife walked by. You know, You know what I did all three times when I saw these famous people? Nothing. Uh, I, I I kind of froze. I didn't get a picture with them. Uh, uh, I didn't ask for their autograph, although I think with Bubba Smith, we maybe sent the boys. They were little. We sent them over, and they got the autograph. I I didn't tell uh, – I didn't tell – you know, didn't say anything to them. I didn't say, hey, you know, great season last year, Charlie, or I know who you are, or I love I love that commercial, Bubba, that you were in. Uh None of those. I just froze. You see, at least for me, and maybe maybe so with some of you, when, when you see someone famous, or or at least when I saw someone famous, I actually lacked the confidence to approach them. In, instead, I I kind of stood quietly by, like that's Bubba Smith, or that's the dude from the. And I couldn't remember Sherman Hemsley's name at the time. I had to Google it uh, even the other day when I was remembering this. That that's the guy from the Jeffersons, or. Or that's Charlie Liebrand. Uh See, when we lack confidence, when we lack confidence, uh, we usually don't act. One of the one of the central themes that that comes from the book of Hebrews is that we can have confidence. It, it's talked about several different times. It comes up several different times. The, the reality is the writer of Hebrews has been laying the foundation that if we have confidence and and that we can have confidence and if we do then we 
we should act. You, you go back, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews. We're going to be in Hebrews 10 this morning and, and actually next week as well. But, but go to Hebrews chapter 1. We start seeing some verses that, 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 that are building up to where we're at today. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, In the past, God spoke to, for, to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in the last days, he's spoken to us by his Son. Already setting up that idea that we can have confidence. Hebrews 3.14, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence that we had at first. Idea of confidence. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And Jared talked about this verse last week, and thank you, Jared, for filling in last week. And, and if you uh, were here or watch it online, you, you would agree with me that Jared did a fantastic job. In Hebrews chapter 6.19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. So we come to today's text, and the writer ties this idea of confidence, which is that we can know where we stand with God, we can know what he's done for us with the subsequent call to action. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses uh, 19 through 25, uh, actually for the next two weeks. Look at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, uh, now catch what he's calling us to do. Let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess that he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I I want you to notice something that is is subtle. It's subtle and yet it's very purposeful. He makes this statement of fact, since we have confidence. He, he isn't saying if, if you have confidence. He's, he's not saying that there is a potential that you could possibly have confidence. He's not saying if you're lucky enough to have somehow got to the place of confidence. He's not saying if you're holy or righteous or good enough or whatever it might be, uh, to have found confidence, he says, since we have confidence. Now, let, let, let's do a little bit of an exercise together. You guys at home can, can do this as well. Think, think to yourself. Now, now don't say this out loud, I, and, and, and please don't look at, at anyone else. Don't glance at someone, and you'll know why here in a second. But, but think to yourself uh, who, the most, who the most righteous person that you can think of, the most holy person that you can think of. Now, if you want to do that for the church, who's the most holy person in the church you can, or if you just want to kind of make that abroad, you know, like like Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or Max Lucado or Joel Olstein. And if you say Joel Olstein, then I need to talk to you after church because we need to talk about that one. But but think of think of the person that you think is the most holy, righteous 
person. Uh, now, now, now do this. Now, now remember this verse is, is talking to believers. This, 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 uh, this book is talking to, uh, to, to people that, that know Jesus. Now, now think of this also. And this is where it's important that you don't look around. Uh, think of the least holy person that you can think of. That's a believer. Now, see, I don't want you looking around and like, oh, okay, you know, and, and, and someone doing that. So who, who is the, the least holy person? Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's easy. It's me. You know, that, that's, that's not hard. Do you realize that this verse is saying that the most righteous and the least righteous and everyone in between has or can have confidence? Because that's what he says. Since we have confidence. Well, what, what, what is this confidence? Well, this confidence is access to God. Okay, what, one more question. You're, Alicia, you're, you're going to get this right. Uh, your boys are going to mess with this. So, uh, have you guys, hey boys, have you ever seen the program Leave It to Beaver? You have, though. Yeah, okay, all right. I, I used to love, I don't even know if they have, maybe there's reruns on some some channel for, for that. I haven't seen them in years. But but when I was a kid, I used to watch Leave It to Beaver. And, and every so often, there would be a scene in one of the episodes that I didn't get. Uh, that I just didn't quite understand. It didn't make sense to me. And, and this is how it would play out. The, the beaver or, or Wally, his older brother, would, would need to talk to their dad, Ward, and they would go into his study. Now, I didn't get that because we didn't have a study at our house. Uh, uh, I, I didn't know what that was. My dad did not have a study. But, but they would go into the study, and, and what they do, they would knock on the door, and Ward would say, come in, and they would step into towards study and it was almost as if they were on holy ground on that th- they like they I, we got to take our shoes off we're we don't belong in here because they would step in and they would ask ward whatever they were going to ask him and and it's like they couldn't get out of there quick enough because they knew they didn't really belong there now see i didn't get that because that's not the way it was with with my dad if i if i wanted to ask my dad something i just go ask my dad something if I want to say, Dad, I, I want to, I want to know if I can go over to, to cousin Benny, Benny's house and play with him. I just go wherever Dad, Dad was. If he was in the bathroom shaving, I just walk into the bathroom while he was shaving and say, say, Dad, can I go to cousin Benny's? If he was in the living room watching TV, I, I would yell because the TV was up loud. But I would yell, Dad, can I go to cousin Benny's? If he was outside hoeing uh, the the beans in the garden, I would, I would go out and. I just approach dad and say, dad, can I go to cousin Benny's? Why? Why? Because I had a, I had access to him. So, so what he says next, we, we, we have confidence since we have confidence. No, no room for, uh, for, for debate there. It's not, well, you might have it or you might not. It's we have, we have this confidence or we can have this confidence. Then what he says next is our action, and and we'll see that in the next uh, next few weeks with uh, the next two weeks with five different let us statements. We we can see that our action is motivated or moved by or informed by this idea of confidence. So so if you still have your Bibles open, uh, look at verse nineteen and and twenty again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter 
the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is the, the body. We have confidence to enter the most holy. Now, now remember who he's talking about, he's, or he's talking to. He's talking to, to the Jews, and th- they knew that before their access was, was through a high priest, but now it's through the blood of Jesus. So laying that, that foundation of confidence, he then makes these let us statements. Today, we're going to look at two of them. So look uh, with me at verse 22. He says, let us, let us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed pure of water. So, so what he's saying there is let us have optimism. Let us have optimism. Optimism, optimism first of all, that we can. Let us have optimism that we can draw near to God. How, how do you see God? Sometimes we see God as if he's a, he, he, he's a far, far away, he's a long way off, that he's unreachable. We might see God and think that he's uncaring or that God's grumpy and angry and he's just waiting for us to mess up so he can judge us. Or we can have optimism that we can draw near. Uh, how many how many of you have ever been sent to the, when you were in school or in school now, how many of you have ever been sent to the principal's office? Boys, okay, several. No, no, all right. Oh, maybe not. Mom doesn't know about it. Well, she does now. Miss McKernan, if you had talked to Alicia after church and uh, Don's situation, we'd appreciate that. But uh, some of you probably, even when you were in school, had maybe a chair that was, you know, set aside just for you. You were there so often that that you had that. I, you can believe this or not, in in my years in school, I was only sent to the principal's office one time. It. It was a, it was what we came to call the candy cane caper. Uh, it was the last day of school before Christmas break, and let me just put it uh, put it uh, succinctly: there wasn't a whole lot of educating going on that day. Last day before Christmas, kids are are wired and uh, full of sugar, and, and there wasn't a lot going on. And and I don't know why, but but our teacher wasn't in the classroom. I. Maybe she had had enough of us, and she went down the teacher's lounge. I have no idea, but but we were in the classroom by ourselves for a while, and some of our students were out roaming the halls. Now I was in eighth grade, and our, our school went up through eighth grade, so we were kind of the king of king of the court there. And 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 one of our classmates, Jim German, comes walking in, and he's got a candy cane in his mouth. And Jim comes walking in, and he says, "Hey," and I don't remember the teacher's name, but he said, "Hey, Mrs. Whoever it was." She was the remedial reading teacher. She is giving away candy canes. Now, we had seen on her door for for the last two weeks these candy canes, big candy canes that were taped to her door. And Jim comes in and says, she's giving those candy canes away. And so about five of us, now interestingly enough, it was five boys, none of the girls did this, but five boys jumped up and we followed Jim German down to that, 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 that classroom and we all plucked a candy cane off the door, headed back to our classroom. About three minutes later, candy cane in my mouth, all five of us, the, the, our, our principal, Mr. Lambert, walks in. 
And I could tell by the look on his face that he was not happy. Following him was the, this teacher, and she was in tears. And I remember thinking, man, someone's in trouble. And then I kind of noticed the candy cane sticking out of my mouth, and it, it took me a while, but it, it, it sunk in. Like, well, maybe I'm in trouble. And, and Mr. Lambert surveyed the class, and there's, there's 30 kids in the class, five of them with a the candy cane sticking out of their mouth, and he said, you, 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 you. Jim German had already finished his candy cane, so he didn't get uh, in, indicted with this, but but he pointed to all five of us. He said, in my office now. And we went down. He sat behind the desk. And it was explained those candy canes were for her students. And, and it was a big mess, misunderstanding. And, and I didn't really get in trouble. But man, I was scared to death. I was terrified. I was terrified uh, of going there because I had never been sent to the principal's office. I uh, I have a sense that a lot of us see God that way. That that if we are granted access to His office, almost like the, the uh, Beaver and 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 uh, Wally, if if we're granted access, it's because we've been caught red-handed, and God's about ready to hand down some judgment. Now now let me contrast that with my wife. She's sitting in the back, so if you want to turn and look at her, you can. She's on the back row today. She she had a different relationship with her high school principal. Her high school principal's name was Mr. Lawfer. Did I get that right, Rita? Mr. Lawfer. Now, Rita was good friends with Mr. Lawfer's daughter. Uh, now, Rita told me, I checked with her this week, she told me that she never got sent to the principal's office. I'm not buying that. She's told me too many stories, but she said, she said, no, I never got sent to the principal's office. But then she added this caveat. She said, but if I had of, I wouldn't have got in trouble. Now, now, now don't misunderstand. I'm not suggesting that God doesn't care uh, about sin in our life, that, that, that if we do something wrong, that that we're going to walk in and we're friends with Jesus and God's going to say, that's okay, you're, you're friends with Jesus. I'm not. God, there, there's consequences to our sin and there's discipline that often comes because of sin. I'm not saying that at all. But what I want you to see is the difference in attitude. I was scared to death to go see the principal. If she had got sent to the principal in high school, she would have laughed. We, see, we have access, but there's no fear. Because we have a relationship with God. That's that, that's what he's saying. Let, let us draw near to God. We have confidence. Uh, Psalm chapter 40. Uh, I'm going to read several Psalms that, that kind of begin to give us this idea that there's access. Psalm 41 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. That's access. Psalm 61, 1 to 3. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Faint. Lead me to the rock that's higher than you, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my foe. A strong tower. That's access. Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. That is access. Psalm 116. One and two, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. 
I will call on him as long as I live. That is access. We, we have optimism that we can. We have optimism that we can go to the very presence of God. But, but just in case, just in case we, we become prideful and we think that access is ours because of something we've done. Just in case we think that, that, that our acts of faith, our acts of holiness, our acts of giving, our acts of service, our, our attendance, just so we, we don't misunderstand and think it's, it's that stuff that grants us access to God. Now, those are all important things, and, and we're called to live a sanctified life that would include those things, but he makes sure that we understand. Look at the second half uh, of that verse. Uh, he, he says there, uh, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with, with pure water. See, we have access and we can have optimism because of. Because of. Where does that access come? It comes because of what Jesus did for us. Remember, Again, the Jewish crowd who would have been uh, hearing this the very first time, as they heard him say, having their hearts sprinkled and their, their bodies cleansed with, with water, they probably would have thought of Exodus. In fact, they probably would have, would have remembered back to the stories they had heard in Exodus chapter 29, verse 21. There, God had said to Moses to do this. He says, and take some of the blood on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and their garments. Then he and his sons and their garments will be consecrated. They would have realized that sprinkling. Now, we've heard that before. And this idea of purification with water, we've heard that before. See, the, the priest, for the priest to be consecrated, to be holy in the sight of God, they had to be covered in, in the blood of that sacrifice. Our consecration, our holiness, comes not from anything we do, but from the blood of Jesus. Remember what I said earlier. Uh, when, when I asked you to think of the, the most holy person and the, the least holy person, God's granted access to both of them and all of us in between because of the blood of Jesus. So Billy Graham or you? have the same access. Let us have optimism. And, and let's look at the second thing. We see that in the next verse. Let us, let us hang on. Look at verse, uh, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hang on. First of all, let us hang on to our hope. So the faith that we have, the hope that we profess, let's hold on to that. Now, I love, uh, depending on what version of the Bible you're reading this morning, I love that word unswervingly. Some of your versions might say hold fast, has the, the same meaning, same idea, but, but I love that word unswervingly. Has, has any of you ever used the word unswervingly? I love that, but, I don't think I've ever used it. I don't think I've ever said to Rita, Rita, I love you unswervingly. I'm going to start doing that tonight when I go to bed, Rita. I'm going to say to her, honey, I just love you unswervingly. 
and she'll elbow me or smack me or something. But but I've, I've never said that. I, I've never said I am a KU fan unswervingly. I've never said, well, well, those people and a lot of those people at Troy Christian Church are K-State fans and they're K-State fans unswervingly. I've never said that. I've never said to my kids, kids, you can count on me unswervingly. I, I love that word, but I never use it. The, the word has an interesting uh, subtlety to it in the Greek. In, in the Greek, the word means or has this context or, or, or concept. It, it means to hold down. So, so we're to hold on to our hope unswervingly. We're, we're to hold our hope down. Now, now when you, when you see it, if your version says hold fast, and even when you read hold unswervingly, you, you probably think of it more like this, that, that I'm holding on to my hope for dear life. And that's not a bad way to look at it. That's, that's not a bad way to, to look at it. I'm going to, I'm going to, hold on to that rope and I'm going to tie a knot on the end of it and I'm hanging on to my hope. I'm not going to let go. When uh, when I was a senior in college, Reed and I were already married. I was working uh, actually uh, three jobs to, to, to try to keep us supported through my last year in college. And one of the jobs I worked for a few months was, was working on a metal building. We got uh, four or five of my college friends got hired to basically screw the siding, uh, the metal siding onto this building, at, you know, on a in a building there in Joplin, and and we were we were working one day, and we had this forklift, and on it was a platform, and so as we went up the side of the building, we'd get on that platform, go up so we could reach to to screw in the screws on the siding, and and we were, like I said, we were college kids, and we were kind of goofing around, and John Matthews jumped on the on the forklift and began to to lift it, and I grabbed a hold of the bottom side of that forklift. And as he started to go up, I'm, I'm hanging on to that. And so he's going up and I'm hanging on and I'm thinking we're going to get just a couple feet off the ground and John's going to see me and he's going to laugh and he's going to stop and I'll jump off. And, and, but, but that didn't happen. He just kept going and, and going and it got higher and higher. And I got to that point and, and, and then pride kind of comes in like, I, I don't want to let him win. I don't want to jump off because he's not stopping. But we got, now I don't remember how high it was. In, in my memory, we must have been 20 feet off the ground. It probably was closer to seven or eight. But it was high enough that I didn't want to let go and, 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 and fall down. I finally had to yell at him. But, but I'm holding on, and literally, I'm holding on for dear life. Man, I don't want to let go of this. Now, if you take, if you take that verse, let us hold unswervingly to our hope. If you take that application, then that's okay. That 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 really is an accurate way to look at it. But but the word has this idea of holding down. Now I'm going to come back to that uh, just as we finish the sermon here in just a second. But but let me look at the the second point, and then I'll come back to that. Said so, said so we we hold on to our hope, but we also need to hold on to the hope. Did you see the second part of that verse? Uh, he said, we're to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That's our hope. For he who promised is faithful. See, that is the hope. That is our hope. That that he who promised is faithful. If If God is faithful, if everything that the writer's been saying up to this point, if we can 
have confidence that we actually have access to God. It, if we can go into God's very presence and not be fearful, not 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 feel like God's going to judge us, but we can literally go to God's presence. If if we have that, that is our hope. Let us have optimism and let us hold on. Now let me uh, let me finish with this and we'll be done. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was little, I, I always dreamed of being a cowboy. Anyone anyone ever dream of that? Man, I, I want to be a cowboy. Never happened. I didn't, uh, never had a horse, never got to be a cowboy. Uh, but, but, but uh, I don't know, about 15 years ago, a friend of mine, Jerry Thomas, uh, called me up one day and said, Hey, Tim, are, are you available Saturday? We're going to be, we're going to be working cattle and we need some help. And uh, and my friend Jerry was he was a farmer but more of a rancher and as closest thing to a cowboy as I knew and I I thought sweet and so I said I'd love to Jerry so 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 I'm envisioning I'm envisioning going to help Jerry now I didn't have any cowboy boots and I didn't have a cowboy hat but I I put on some work boots and and I think I found an old vest that made me look a little bit cowboyish or something and. And I envision I'm going to go out to the farm, and he's going to put me on one of his horses, and and probably give me a rope. And I'm I don't figure I can rope him, but I'm I'm at least going to I'm going to ride around with that rope hanging off the off the side of the. And I'm going to I'm going to be a cowboy. Well, you know you know you know what I did. I stood on the highway as they moved cows from one pasture over to where they're going to work them. I stood on the highway and stopped cars. <laughs> you stop that? It's not not much cowboy work, but. But but we did eventually go to the lot where they were working them, and and then I was at least around the cows. I were helping herd some of them into the chutes to get shots and and separate the moms from the their calves, and and we're down to the point where they're working the calves. And Jerry says, "Hey Tim, do you want to throw one of the calves?" Because I've been watching Jerry and his brother have been out there. They they pick these calves up and just throw them down, and and they were they were giving them shots and putting an ear tag in and. Doing some other stuff the cows didn't seem to like, or the the, the bulls didn't seem to like very much. Um, and uh, and says, "Hey Tim, do you want to do that?" And so he picked out the smallest calf that he could. And I went out there and I I I I cornered it and I started to pick it up and it didn't it didn't do like when they did. They just picked them up, threw them down. I danced with that calf for quite a while and then finally I got a good hold of it and jerked it up and I threw it down. And then I held it down. And, and here's the attitude I had with that calf. I, I said to that calf, we're, we're in this together. I'm not going to let you up. And, and one guy worked on the front end and one guy worked on the, the back end. And I said, he wasn't having much fun, but, but I wasn't going to let go. I was holding him down, holding on unswervingly. You say, nope, you're not going anywhere. I'm going to hold you down. We have we have confidence. And since we have confidence, we can be optimistic that we can literally go to the presence of God. And, and we're challenged to put that confidence into action and hold on to the hope that we have. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we thank you this morning that you granted through the work of the cross, through the work of Jesus' blood, you granted us confidence. You granted us access 
to your very presence. And Father, we come imperfect. We come as sinners. We, we come oftentimes certainly in need of judgment. But we have access. We have your ear. Father, we pray this morning that we can can trust in that confidence, that we can be optimistic that we literally go to your presence. And that, Father, we can hold on to the hope that we have because of Jesus. Father, a lot of people are struggling today. Uh, our, our, our time is, is just overrun with uh, negative news and, and disappointment. But, Father, help us hold on to the hope we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Mountains are still being moved And strongholds are still being loosed God, we believe it Yes, we can see that Wonders are still what you do We are here. We are here for you. 
be seated for just a second. Thank you guys for sharing with us to, today in our worship. Tomorrow night uh, uh, afternoon, we have Haven House. Uh, we still could use, I know, at least one more pie, So, uh, and we're, we're uh, asking for a pumpkin pie, but if you want to do something else, that'd be fine as well. But that list is on the back table, and we probably could use one or two uh, uh, other volunteers. So that's tomorrow night. Volunteers will leave here at the church at 345, be back around uh, 6 or, or, or six o'clock or so. Also, with all that's going on, just kind of stay tuned. Uh, there's could be some changes in our services. There's could be changes in mandates in the county. So just kind of be aware. We'll, we'll try to uh, put out, uh, if anything changes, we'll put it out on Facebook and let everyone know. So be sure to pass if we do change anything, be sure to pass around, make sure everyone uh, knows what's going on. You may have noticed when you walked in, we have a few more pictures. Uh, actually, I don't know, there's maybe 18 of them left. We got rid of all of our pictures last week for our Operation Anapra, but we ended up with uh, 20 more. So 10 more that uh, a pastor in, uh, uh, in Mexico, Pastor Ezekiel, sent me, and then uh, another church that was going to help wasn't able to, and, and we ended up with 10 of those. So so we still have kids that need adopted. So if you didn't get one last week, uh, be sure to look today. Rita's kind of manning that at the back. Uh, we are providing the box that, that uh, goes with that. So you can uh, uh, put your gifts in that. Uh, also, if you're watching at home, I know we've had several people not be able to be here the last few weeks. If you would like to do one and haven't got one yet, just uh, call the office tomorrow. If you want to call Tanya or me or text us right now, uh, well, text Tanya, don't text me. Uh, uh, let us know. We can let you know what we have, and we can set one aside for you and get it to you as soon as possible. So so we need to get those kids adopted uh, today or, or next week, if at all possible. The boxes are due back on December 6th, uh, so that's two weeks from today. Uh, and we are encouraging, it's not required, but we're encouraging a $15 donation to go with that. Uh, part of that covers the box. Part of that will cover our expenses uh, traveling down and getting them uh, delivered. Also, on the back door, we take part in the operation uh, or the Christmas Bureau. It's got a bunch of different names, the Dauphin County Christmas Project. Uh, so there's some tags on the back door. Uh, Tanya, when are those due? So December 13th. Uh, and if you look at the tag, it's got the child's name. Uh, every kid... Uh, uh, filled out a need and a want. So if you take a tag and it says underwear, well, don't feel like you don't have to buy them a toy. Someone else is buying the toy. You just, you got the need and not the want. So, uh, but look at those. We need those taken care of. Bring those back to the church by by the 13th wrapped. And then those are will be given out the following Saturday uh, to, to needy kids in, here in the, in the church. Um, and finally, prayer time this morning. As I mentioned earlier, we do have a number of folks that uh, that this last week or so have either been exposed to and thus quarantined or um, a couple families that, that have COVID uh, going through their family. So if you would pray for them, I know some of them are doing fine, no symptoms, and some of them are, are kind of sick. So uh, lift them up, and I know there's others just through our community, uh, people at the Baptist Church, people at the Wathena Baptist, and and others I know that are struggling. So just uh, just keep them in your prayers, if you will. And we've been asked to pray for Kathleen Twombly. That's Mary Jane's mom. She went in the hospital the end of last week. 
uh, with some complications, uh, not COVID related, but just complicated complications from illness that she's been struggling with. If you would uh, just remember her, uh, they would uh, certainly appreciate that. Let's stand and we will close our service in prayer. Father, we thank you today for your presence. Father, we thank you that because of Jesus, uh, because of what he did on the cross, because he became our great high priest, he he ended once and for all the need for someone else to represent us because now we have access to you. Lord, give us uh, encouragement and strength and confidence through that to, uh, to, Father, access you, to boldly approach your throne, Father, to hold on because of that hope that we have in you. Lord, we pray this morning for Miss Twombly, for Kathleen. We just pray, Lord, as uh, she's not feeling well and has some issues going on and some uncertainties, Lord, we just pray that you be with the doctors, you be with her family. And, Father, we just pray for healing for her specifically today. Lord, we pray for the families that are struggling in our church and in our community with COVID as well as just our, our country and our world. Lord, we just pray we pray for strength uh, physically, certainly as they overcome this. But, Father, we pray that your presence will lift them up, that they'll have hope and reassurance even in this uh, this dark day in their life. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers as we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen.